Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. I need to preach this message I've entitled, Willing and Able. If I ever knew I was preaching the right message, it's today. It's good to come to the podium, the platform, when you know you've got the right word. I want to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, the first four verses. It's a commentary on Jesus. It says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, don't know if you're willing, I'm hoping you're willing, but if you are willing, I know you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. I want to do this. This is my desire. Be cleansed. And immediately, man, I like it when God works double time, don't you? Now, he doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you got to wait on the Lord. But immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You can be seated, willing and able So let me lay the background for this quickly. Matthew chapters 5 through 7 record Jesus' sermon on the mount. Are you familiar with that? Okay. It's where he said things like, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. And and he said a whole lot of other things. Matthew paints the picture that when he finishes his sermon... Unlike this church where you all disperse, get in your car, and go home, they all followed him down the mountain. Now, I appreciate y'all, but please don't follow me home after church. But that's what they did with Jesus. The, The image is thousands. Can you get that in your mind, coming down a mountain, thousands of people following him, And they're descending the mountain, and I don't know if they get to the foot, the base of the mountain, or if they're almost down the mountain, but suddenly a leper approaches the Lord. Let's talk about this leper for just a few minutes. There are some things that I know about this leper simply because he was labeled a leper. I know, first of all, that he suffered physically. Now, in the Bible, the word leprosy is a generic word. It can mean anything from psoriasis to the various serious bacteria-caused infectious disease that we know when we think about leprosy. It can go from, it covers the full spectrum. And if you have the chronic infectious disease that we think of, we know that today, in the 21st century, it is curable. But in the first century, it was not. There was no cure. 
So this man had a disease and there was no cure. The symptoms of leprosy include discoloration, lumps on the skin, sometimes disfigurement, and deformities. People with leprosies would often lose digits on their hands and their feet. The Bible tells us, for this story is recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So we get three different accounts of the same story. So looking at those three, we understand that the man was full of leprosy. And so he's suffering with this incurable disease, which makes me believe he had the classic and serious case of leprosy. And if that be the case, I believe it is, then there was no hope for him and for his condition. He suffered physically. The second thing I know about this man is that he suffered socially. A leper was a societal outcast. Regulations that had been created by the religious leaders of the day, the rabbis, demanded that no one could salute a leper or get within six feet of a leper. A leper could not enter a walled city. He was isolated from the rest of his family. It was a very, very lonely existence. To put it in words that we can understand, this man could not go to a party. He couldn't attend his sister's wedding. He couldn't eat at family dinners. <clears throat> All of his past positions and accomplishments were nullified by this dreaded disease. His reputation was that he was a man who was to be avoided at all costs. So he suffered socially. But perhaps worst of all, this man was shunned religiously. Suffering physically, suffering socially, and now shunned religiously. Leprosy, according to the law of Moses, rendered its victim ceremonially unclean. Thus you were unfit to worship God. Anyone who came in contact with a leper was considered to be unclean. So there was no fellowship with the people of God. And every leper was commanded to warn people not to come near them, tearing his garment and yelling, unclean, unclean, so that people would run from him, not to him. Now that I've told you all this, go back to our story. Thousands of Jews coming down the mountain, law-abiding Jews following this rabbi when suddenly a leper appears. You can imagine the response. I can imagine the people in the crowd falling back, falling over top of each other, scrambling to get away from him. And then I can see in my imagination as they're standing at a safe distance, they're saying to one another, why doesn't Jesus run? Why is he standing so close to the leper? What's wrong with him? Do you have the picture? Now let me just stop here and talk to us. When I see this leper, I see a reflection of our times. Now, you may not have leprosy. I sure hope you don't. But what I do know from living on this earth quite a while now is that everybody has problems. Everybody has problems. Yours might be physical. It might be relational. 
It might be financial. It might be spiritual. But everybody is going through something. I was talking about this with somebody the other day, and we were talking. Something came up about somebody's family and something they were going through. And I made that comment, and the person with me agreed. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher, an elder, a deacon. It doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord. It doesn't matter if your grandparents were saved and your parents were saved and your kids are saved. I got news for you. Everybody's family goes through something. This is Star House has gone through things. Everybody faces difficult lives, times in their lives. And everyone has a choice to make to permit their problem to keep them from Jesus or to choose to bring their problem to Jesus. Now, that sounds so simple. But do you know I've encountered people that instead of coming to the Lord, they just kept their problem and tolerated it day after day, month after month, and year after year. But you have a choice to make today on the last day of 2023. You've got a choice to make. From problems you've carried with you all this year or perhaps recently in this year, you can either keep your problem to yourself or on this last day of 2023, you can bring that problem to Jesus. In Matthew's account, the leper decided to bring his problem to Jesus. And it's interesting how he approached the Lord. He worshiped Jesus. That's what it says in Matthew's account. In Mark's account, it says the leper knelt before Jesus. In Luke's account, the leper fell on his face before Jesus. Now, when I put those three together, I see a man who is not presumptuous, not arrogant, not proud, not feeling entitled. I see a man coming humbly to the Lord. I see a man leaning wholly on Jesus' grace and mercy. And brothers and sisters, things haven't changed in 2,000 years. I can tell you today that the best way to approach the throne of grace is down on your knees. God may be my father. God may be my friend. God may be my savior. But I don't believe God owes me anything. He doesn't owe you anything. I don't deserve one thing from me, him. God, God, doesn't, God isn't indebted to me. I don't deserve his salvation. I don't deserve his healing. I don't deserve his deliverance. I don't deserve his touch. I don't deserve his blessings. Whatever he does for me is a testimony of his mercy and his grace. So when I come to him, I come humbly. God still opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The old song says, just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. And I just come humbly and say, Lord, I don't deserve it, but I'm coming to you. And that leper came with a very humble spirit and cried, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, he was unclean under the law. He couldn't go to church. He was ostracized by society. He was lonely. He was detached. He was disconnected. He longed for restoration. He wanted back what he had lost. You ever been there? I have. 
I'm there right now. I'm there right now. February 27th, I had a partial knee replacement. I'm irritated because 70-something-year-old people in this church, we had like seven people have knee replacements in 2023 in this church. It was the year of knee replacements. I had a partial one. And yet there are 70-something-year-old people that are doing better than me, and I'm 10 months later. And I'm in the 25 percentile that's kept fluid all in my knee. They've drained off fluid four times, and I've still got it there, which hinders and slows down the healing process. And I told the Lord yesterday, I'm tired of this. Y'all don't ever get this way because y'all are more spiritual than me, aren't you? Huh? Oh, no. I told God, I'm tired of this. I want to be normal. I'm getting around. It's better. But I still feel like I'm 98 going downstairs. Because it's still weak and it's still not what it's not. It's not normal. Oh, God, I'm not happy. I don't know which one of the seven doors ought to be, but I'm not happy. Right? Craig McDuffie appreciate that joke. I want restoration. Y'all ever been there? That man wanted restoration. Something had to change. And there was a man named Jesus who could do something about it. Now I'm going to preach. I've been teaching. Now I'm going to preach. Far too many people, I'm talking about the people of God, put up with things that God wants to remove from their lives. We get used to our dysfunction. We learn to patronize abnormality. We grow accustomed to people and things that control our lives in a negative manner. And sometimes you have to reach a point like I did yesterday where you have to say, I'm tired of this. I've had enough. I'm taking this to Jesus. Something's got to give. Eight people are feeling this right now. This man had confidence in Jesus' power, but he wasn't so sure about his will. He knew what he could do. He just wasn't sure if he would do it for him. So let me give you a lesson today. When you come to Jesus with your whatever, let me help you here. The pastor's coming out of me. Yield to his sovereignty, but trust in his ability. I'm helping y'all. Look at somebody say, he's helping you. Can I say it again? Yield to his sovereignty, but trust in his ability. Come to him and say, Lord, here's my need. And I don't know what you're going to do. You're God. You might tell me no, and you might tell me yes. I don't know what your will is, but I hope you're willing. But you know what? I don't know what your will is. 
I can't read your mind. I don't know who you are. I'm not God. You're God. But I'll tell you this much. You told me if I had a need that I need to bring it to you because you know what I have need of before I even ask you. So, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do. I yield to your sovereignty, but I'm coming to you now, and I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, would you come down and touch me? Would you come down and meet my need? Would you get in the center of my situation and turn things around? Because I know that you can. That's what you do. So I don't know what you're going to do, but I know what you can do. Jesus put out his hand and touched the leper and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Note that Jesus touched a man with leprous skin. Some of you germaphobes wouldn't even do that, would you? If the Lord told you to do it. You don't have on a hazmat suit. That's what you'd sound like coming to him. You'd put your pinky finger out. You'd be going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. The Lord, barehanded, touched a man with leprous skin. And this was no accident. It was intentional. It was a deliberate touch, wasn't it? Can I tell you today, you never will get an accidental blessing from God. Chew on that one. You'll never get an accidental blessing from God. When he heals you, he means to do it. When he touches you, he means to do it. When he saves you, he means to do it. When he sets you free from a drug addiction, he means to do it. When he gives you that miracle you've been believing for, he means to do it. When he gives you a breakthrough, when he shows up in the midst of your storm, he means to be there and he means to work in your life. And Jesus did what no one else dared to do. He touched a leper. It was scandalous. You could hear the crowd gasp. It made the news that night. The breaking news. Jesus touched a leper. But isn't that what he always does? Doesn't he do for you what nobody else will do? Others say no, but Jesus says yes. Others say I won't. Jesus says I will. Others say I can't. Jesus says, oh, I can. Others say there's no way. Jesus says, I am the way. And I'll make a way where there is no way. I'll make a way through. I'll make a way under. I'll make a way over. I'll make a way around. I'll start a whole new interstate system if I have to. I'll make a way. Don't you love it when we sing Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness? Don't you love when we sing that? That is who you are. We get fired up on that one. But I love it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. When nothing's changing. When my situation may be even getting worse. When everybody's told me no and the doctor's 
said, there's no hope. And the attorney said, we can't help you. And the banker said, there's no more money to give. Jesus says, but I'm still working. Somebody give him praise in this house. I know you want to. You're just sitting on edge. He's a way maker. And he does what nobody else will do. So you got to get this today because if you got something in your life, you need to grab a hold of the fact if everybody else has told you no, you've told yourself no. You've told yourself, I can't. I can't. By the way, don't use absolute terms when it comes to your condition. When you start saying, I'll always be this way, things will never change, you have taken God out of the equation completely. Don't use absolute terms in a negative way. Use absolute terms in a positive way. Turn it around and say, God always does. God never fails. Turn that thing around. Don't you shut, you slam the door when you do that. Open that door. I know you've been in your situation a long time. I know nobody's been able to change you. I know the wounds are deep. I know the hurt's been there. I know it's festered. I know it's sore. I know it's infected. But God can heal you. God can restore you. God can mend your broken heart. God can bring you back to where you want to be once again. I'm telling you he can do it. Then Jesus spoke words of healing. He touched and then he spoke. Let me teach you a little bit. I'm going to preach some more. His touch revealed his compassion. Mark says Jesus was moved with compassion for the leper. Okay? He, he, he touched him. It's bad when you're preaching and your screen goes blank. That scares the daylights out of you. What do we do, what do we do as humans when somebody is hurting, somebody needs reassurance, we touch them. Somebody puts their hand on, on your shoulder. Somebody takes you by the hand. If, there's, if you're needing assurance, if you're unsure, what, we, we touch, we show compassion we touch. That's what Jesus did. He touched the leper. His heart was filled with compassion. How many of you know God's filled with compassion for you today? You think God's just ignoring your need. He knows what's going on in your life, and he has compassion on you today. But then he spoke, and when he spoke, his words released healing virtue, and instantly the leper was healed. So let me give you this. Revelation of compassion, release of virtue. Revelation leads to release. So when you hear his word like you are this morning, it opens the door for his power to flow. So if I can get you to understand that God cares and he does care, he is concerned about you, and if you can just hear the word, then what will happen is there'll be the revelation of who he is and what he can do, and as you trust God, there'll be a release of his power, and the release will lead to the restoration of the things you've been looking for. Are you getting it? And there's power when Jesus speaks. I made fun of reference to Greg McDuffie. Is Greg here today? I don't know if Greg's here today. He may probably go and see grandbabies. Greg McDuffie 
got the worst news in the world and found out he had a tumor inside him the size of a football. He was at Emory, and they said, we're going to have to do surgery. And they all but told him, it doesn't look good. You, chances are high, you won't even make it through the surgery. But it had to come out. Now, how'd you like to live with that news? And this was a few years ago, and believe it or not, we used to have a choir up here. And Greg sang in the choir. And one Sunday, I was about to preach. I think I had finished reading my text. And Brother James Whittington, that white-haired man who every once in a while gets a, the Lord moves on him, and he comes up here, and I know him. If he hears from the Lord, I usually pay attention to him. Here he comes. Well, I thought he had a word from the Lord. He walked up these steps, and he walked right past me and headed to the choir. I said, okay. Guess we'll stop. He made a beeline to Greg McDuffie, laid hands on him, said, I got to pray for you. Laid hands on him, started praying in the Holy Ghost and laying hands on him, praying for him. Now, here's the cool part of that story. James Whittington had no idea that Greg had cancer and a tumor and was going to have surgery in just a matter of days. The Holy Ghost told him, get up there and lay hands on him and pray for him. I'm so glad I'm Pentecostal. Aren't you? I'm glad I'm spirit-filled. I said, let's pray. We prayed for Greg. James finished. He went back down, sat down, and I preached. Greg told me later, he said, and you, you can imagine, Greg's a tough guy, but he said, you can imagine, I had some stress and distress over this. All of us would, but he said, the moment that man laid hands on me, he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me as clear as I'm speaking to you and said, I have prepared you for this surgery. And Greg said a supernatural peace came over me that stayed on him all the way till they rolled him into an, that operating room. Lee and I went down to Emory. We were there. We spent the night, got up early that morning for the surgery, had prayer with Greg. We were sitting with Lynn. I had to go back and get, get, our, get out of the hotel. I said, Lynn, we're going to check out. We'll be right back. I went to the hotel. I came back, and Lynn was grinning. I said, something happened? She said, sit down. I said, okay. We sat down. She said, the doctor just came out and said they opened him up. They saw the tumor, and it was not connected to anything. I said, what, what do you mean it wasn't? Cause she said, they reached in and took it out and closed him back up. I said, Lynn, you're, you're a smart lady. You, you're a pharmacist, okay? You went to school for half of your life to get your, you, your, that's not how, she said, it doesn't work that way. They have to have blood vessels, blood flow for the tumor to live. But I think sometime, probably on a Sunday morning, while the church was praying, God prepared him for that surgery and detached that thing. So all they had to do, they didn't have to cut it out and go through all that. They didn't know how, how much it was attached to everything and thought it was going to kill him. They just reached in and took it out and closed it up. Greg went through his treatments. He testified to the glory of God, of what God did to anybody and everybody through all of his treatments. And, he, and I talked to him not too long ago, and he told me, I'm cancer-free. I've been released. He said, I'm totally cancer-free. I don't have to worry about that thing anymore. I'm telling you, when Jesus speaks, there's, there's power. 
when Jesus speaks, things will happen. Jesus is still greater than cancer. Jesus is still greater than your heartache. Jesus is greater than your disappointment. Jesus is greater than anything that you're going through right now in your life. And all he has to do is just speak and things change. What he did for Greg, he can do for you. All you have to do is believe. And don't say, what if he won't? Say, what if he will? Don't say, what if he chooses to say no? Say, what if he chooses to say yes? Wednesday, musicians, you need to come, please. Wednesday, I heard the Lord tell me to preach this message. And I felt in my spirit as I was praying, I know how God deals with me. And I'm so sick and tired of the people who are just so negative to where, and watch what you read on the internet. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. People are just, there's a, there's a group out there that just, they would blast me because I said the Lord spoke to me. They say the Lord doesn't speak to people anymore. and you, People don't speak. The Lord does speak to people. Okay, I don't know where you get that. And doesn't just speak through the Bible. Okay, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Okay, that, that's, 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 anyway, don't get me started. And, you, and if somebody says the Lord spoke to me to go out and all y'all need to give me $100 each, he didn't hear from God. Okay, so we'll just label that. But God does speak to people. And I know how the Lord deals with me. And the Lord spoke to me about preaching this message. And God wanted me to tell you this morning on this last day of 2023 that whatever you are facing, God is willing to meet your need and he is able. That's what the Lord brought me to this pulpit today to say to High Praises Church. And that goes for those of you who are watching this morning. I want you to stand with me and I want you to listen to me. I am not, now I like one-liners, but I'm not a cliche preacher, am I, Billy? We don't sit around in staff meeting and say, all right, what cool saying are we going to get for 2024? You know, that's the kind of thing you see on church signs. My brother-in-law's favorite one was, ch, ch, what's missing? You are. Get it, church? Ch, ch, what's missing? You are. There you go, church sign. I'm not a cliche person, but I'm going to break out of the mold today, and I'm going to give you a line. Now, I'm not going to put it up on the screen, and we're not going to run with it for all 12 months of this year, but I'm going to use it this morning. Some of you need to get free in 2023 so you can do more in 2024. That's my word to you. You need to get free in 2023 so you can do more in 2024. God doesn't want you carrying into next year what you are burdened with this year. I'm declaring this the year of breakthrough. And for you to fulfill your calling, you gotta be set free from that which would hinder the work of God in you and the work of God through you. And some of you have lost some things. You've lost your joy, your peace, 
your ministry, your fire, your passion. I, I, may, I may not be listing it, but there's some things you've lost. You don't want to go into 2024. You want something to change. This is the day. This is the Sunday. This is why I couldn't wait to get here to preach and get you in an altar. God is willing and God is able to turn things around and set you free. If you've lost your fire and your passion, God wants to restore it. If you've stopped doing ministry, God wants to restore it. If you've, if you've got something in your life that's been plaguing you for months or years, God wants to eliminate it and God wants to restore what was lost. Does anybody believe that God can do it today? Does anybody believe that God can release and God can give revelation and God can restore today? I want everybody in this house to come to this altar. I want everybody in this house to come to this altar. We're going to have a move of God right now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.